He says in verse 17, that direction and purpose is found there. The imagery is of the lamp, the lamp. There I will cause the horn of David to spring forth. And I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. The lamp is always the direction, the purpose, the focus. Do you want to find purpose and direction in your life? Be a part of this family. Be a part of this church. You'll find it. You will find it. You'll find it from being a part of a family of people who are so varied, (laughs) who are so varied in talents. We have everything from accountants to artists to plumbers to engineers to businessmen and to computer people. You want computer people? You want to get involved in computers? We've got people here involved in computers, electricians. We've just got almost everything here. Doctors. <laughs> Don't know if we have any lawyers here. But so many trades and talents and skills. Purpose and direction spiritually. We have people here who have been members of the church for I dare, 70 years. Uh, I'm not asking for a show of hands. We've got people here who have been members of the church for seven months and 70 years. There is purpose and who have been through every challenge there is. You think your life is a challenge right now? Can't figure it out? Don't know what to do? There is somebody in this church who has been through it. I mean, everything. Everything. Financial hardship, personal hardship, challenges, death in the family, death of loved ones. I mean, it's here. You will find purpose and direction here. You will find teaching here. Why, we have a class for nearly everything. (laughs) This is about every subject. We have women's classes. I mean, we're not just having classes on Sunday and Wednesday. We have classes on Tuesday and Thursday. And I mean, there is purpose and direction. There is teaching that is going on in this place. There, there, there is fellowship that is going on in this place. There is fellowship that is going on in this church. There is worship and teaching and Work that is going on. You can find your purpose and direction here. And in the final verse, he says that God, the enemies of his people, will be cursed. His enemies I will clothe with shame. Now, the enemies of God's people may seem to rise and prosper for a time. It's always a short time. It's always a little time. But in the end, as God told Abraham, your enemies I will curse. I will curse those who curse you. But you know, on a very practical level now, I want, regarding value, 
I want to look at another story, leave, I want to leave the 132nd Psalm, and I want to, I want to go to the story of a man who is called the rich young ruler in some sections of your headings. And he's a man who's wealthy, and he comes to Jesus asking what he needs to do to obtain eternal life. Jesus said, obey the commandments. He said, I've done that. Jesus said, okay, one more thing. Sell everything you have and come follow me. And here's the picture. He leaves dejected because we're told that he owns much property. Jesus then, and many times we stop at that, but there's an epilogue here. Because Jesus has a comment about that in verse 23 and 4. When he says, truly I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it is easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, lessons have been taught about that and not going to go there. What I want to show you, what I want to talk about for just a minute as we close the lesson is the effect on the disciples. The effect on those who were committed. Because the disciples' initial reaction was, "Ah, (laughs) well then, who can be saved? And Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. But they didn't leave it there. That wasn't the epilogue. That was the start of the epilogue. They came back to Jesus. Peter specifically. But all the others as well. And they said, Lord, we have left everything and followed you. Now, none of the disciples of Jesus, none of the apostles were wealthy like this man. But they weren't paupers either. They had businesses. They had families. They had homes. Some were more wealthy than others. Levi was a tax collector and, you know, those people were, you know, they were not impoverished. I don't know that they were millionaires, but they weren't weren't impoverished either. These people had something to lose and they had something to invest. And Peter says, we've invested. We are invested. We've left it all. Now, what will there be for us? Jesus answers them. Truly I say to you that you who have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man will sit upon his glorious throne, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging twelve the twelve tribes of Israel. So Jesus says to the apostles, You, you twelve, will have a special place in my kingdom when I sit on my throne. I think that's another lesson there. I, I, I know I keep pushing this off on Ryan, but there's another lesson there about how Ephesians 2, the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles' doctrine, right? They judge the church through the doctrine that they gave us based on what the Holy Spirit revealed to them in our New Testament. I want to focus on this last verse. 
Verse 29. And everyone, everyone. Now, see, he's not just talking about the apostles. Now he says, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or farms for my name's sake will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. One of the parallel passages in Mark, I believe it is, says, it says like a hundred times as much. But he also adds with persecutions. There is a tremendous blessing now to being a member of Zion, to being a member of the Lord's church. There is a blessing now. There are many times more what you may sacrifice to become a member of the Lord's church. And, and the most important, you will inherit eternal life. That's why I'm a member. The blessings and the responsibilities. And I would like for you to be a member. If you're not a member of the Lord's church, please think about becoming a member. How do you become a member? You believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as we sang about. You confess him as such with your mouth. You're buried in the waters of baptism. And the Lord then adds you to his people, to his church. You become a member. And then you find what your talents are. You find what your abilities are. And you join one of our teams. (laughs) And contribute. And receive many, many times more than what you've ever invested. If you're subject to that invitation this morning, won't you come while we stand and while we stand?